If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at dogoonpod.com. Come. Let's do it. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey everyone, before we start the show, it's Dave here with an exciting announcement and that is we are back doing live podcasts. So happy to share the news with you that we are doing four shows at the European Beer Cafe right here in Melbourne, four Sundays at 8.30pm, March 28, April 4, April 11 and April 18. First time we'll be together in front of an audience in such a long time and we hope you can join us. We did a Patreon pre-sale over the weekend and we've already sold over half the tickets to every single show. So if you want to get in, get in quick including with a season pass where you get four shows for the price of three. You can buy tickets by clicking the link in the description of this episode. We cannot wait. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. And welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, I'm Jess Perkins. Hello, I'm Matt Stewart. So, Dave, I don't know, have you queued up a song to explain what the show is? Uh, no, I'll have to do it manually. Okay. <laughs> By yeah, using my voice, that is. Um, so, thank you so much for listening to the show. It is your first ever time, and if not, let's have a brief recap of what we do here. We are taking turns to report on a topic often, but not always suggested by a listener. It is Matt's turn this week to report. Jess and I have no idea what he's going to talk about for the next couple of hours. And um, to get us onto that topic, he asks a little question. Yes. And uh, the question goes like this. Mm-hmm. What event is said to have lit the spark of World War One? Oh, oh, my God. Would that be the time that they lit that giant rocket yeah yes and then it exploded and it said fuck you yeah fuck you and then both sides went are they talking to me yeah and then the other side went are they talking to me yeah yeah belgium let this this (laughs) spark 
<laughs> and then laughed like uh, behind behind everyone's back. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then that's what happened. So, you know. No, that wasn't it. Would this be oh. the assassination? Yeah, I was going to say if if you need a clue, how about this? It's the assassination of which archduke? France Ferdinand. Ferdinand. That's it. The assassination Take of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. I saw Franz Ferdinand live a couple of years ago. What were they like? Um, they were at, what's that Melbourne venue that everybody hates? Festival Hall. Thank you. It was at Festival Hall <laughs> and it was Franz Ferdinand and MGMT. Bit of a weird combo. Okay, who, who went on first? Uh, Franz. And I then believe. do they play this one? Michael, something, something, Michael. I don't know. Probably? Probably not. You know that one? I don't know. Good but anyway, show. they were good, but the, the venue, the acoustics do suck quite a bit. Beatles played there. I know they did. Now it's owned by a big religious company. Is it? Yeah. Well, I shan't be going back there then. <laughs> you hate religion. A big religious company? <laughs> not for me, thank you. Like, not a religious company, a religion. Oh, I, well, I guess they're probably a company. Yeah, well. I guess in a lot of ways. Anyway. So this has been suggested by Josh Johnson from Pennsylvania, Evan Lloyd from Derbyshire, Jack Rasmussen from Salt Lake City, and Alex Ammerman, also from Pennsylvania. Wow. And Alex uh, said this when he suggested it. Do you like murder and intrigue? <laughs> this is a story about a small political activist group that changed the history of the entire world. Wow. Um. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully I can do it do the story justice. Yeah, that's really uh, sucked me right in. Yes, okay, well, before we get right to off. the assassination, uh, you might want to know, mm, who was this Franz Ferdinand? I do want to know. I mean, he I was know, an archduke. I know nothing. Okay, well, let me tell you about him. Okay. I didn't know anything about him either. Any connection to the band or coincidence? Uh, pure coincidence. Wow. Right, they all just said, let's just say uh, a letter H, F, all right, R, A, <laughs> They used and. a Ouija board. <laughs> uh, so Archduke Franz Ferdinand was born in 1863 in Graz, Austria. He was the eldest son of Archduke Karl Ludwig and Princess Maria Annunziata of Bourbon II Sicilies, which is a great name. Bourbon II Sicilies? Yeah. That's, a, that's all part of her surname, I suppose. Wow. I don't really get the, uh, the naming conventions back then. There's probably some... Um, explanation for it, but doesn't seem like any of the, the immediate relatives have the same surnames necessarily, but anyway. Uh, Archduke Karl Ludwig was the brother of the Emperor of Austria-Hungary, Franz Joseph. There's another example. <laughs> so, uh, two brothers, totally different names. And the son also. So you've got Ludwig uh-huh. is the brother of Joseph, their surnames, and Lug- Ludwig's son's surname is Ferdinand. So I'm guessing it's something else. Anyway, tweet at me. I'll, I'll look forward to the answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's the nephew of the king, the emperor. Thoughtco.com writes, As a monarch, Franz Joseph was a staunch traditionalist and remained so well into the latter years of his reign. Despite the many great changes that had led to the weakening of monarchical power in other parts of Europe, he resisted all notions of political reform and viewed himself as the last of the old school European monarchs. He's like, I'm the only one who does it in the real OG way. They don't make him like me anymore. No, everyone's every, sold out. Everybody wants to, like, I don't know, move with the times or some shit. <laughs> Not, Not me. Not me. <laughs> 
You know how uh, fashion's changed? Uh, I'm still wearing clothes from the 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird. That is in the future. I'm still actually wearing caveman loincloths. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I haven't worn a shirt real. in my life. Yeah. So whatever loses. If it's good enough for Adam, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Give me that leaf. According to biography.com, Franz Ferdinand began his military career at the age of 12. I mean, a bit late for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go I on. like the kids being kids, so I say start at 12. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like kids being good. Start at one. Okay. Oh. Mm. Yeah, That's if you want to be at the top. Differ. That's why we can't raise children together. We've had many, but we raised them separately. Yeah. I'm like, right, them up. this one is going to the academy. And <laughs> Jess is like, not this one. This one's going to be my little art friend. <laughs> I let all my children wear leaves and express themselves however they please. They should, they should do a reality show like the Dance Mums, but be like Military Mums. Oh, oh Military okay. Mums is a good title. Yeah. Hmm. Just an idea. Just a million-dollar idea. Um, so... Joined the military at 12, was sort of worked his way up through the ranks. I'm sure no nepotism involved. <laughs> and, um, I know. Imagine him being a private and then being like telling him what to do. And he's like, mate, I'm the, pr- I'm like the Archduke. And yeah. like, oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. sorry. You don't have to swap this poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> and he became Major General at the age of 31. Uh, oh, okay. It took him ages. No, that's right. I thought you were going to say 13. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he worked his way up over the next 11 months. <laughs> After the deaths of his father in 1896, also the year that the VFL-AFL was about to begin. Coincidence? The I year think it was about, about to, begin. to begin. So the year before? Yeah. <laughs> the year that was... I thought it was the just... same year and then I, you know, caught myself. I think that's... Anyway. Caught yourself in a lie. Yeah. Just, uh, I can't lie to you. Just 70 years before the Saints won their one and only premiership. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just around the corner. So his dad died in 1896, and Franz Joseph's only son, Crown Prince Rudolf, uh, died in 1889. That meant that Franz Ferdinand had all of a sudden become the next in line to the Austro-Hungarian throne. Wow. Uh, The emperor wasn't too happy about this, as Franz Ferdinand's thoughts on how the empire should be ruled were very different to his old-school ways. He was a real new-school guy. So Franz Ferdinand would, like, wear shirts, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wore clothing. Um, he wore clothes from the 1950s. What? Yeah. So he looked like a weird spaceman to, yeah, <laughs> to his peers. He was wearing basically all foil. Yeah. <laughs> Aluminium foil wrap. Um, Is that how you say it? Aluminum? <laughs> <laughs> lol. Lol, lol, lol. Yes. Uh, uh, as thought co right. I just thought it would be better if I did it rather than reading it in a tweet. You know, it comes uh, from someone you love. Yeah. And who doesn't mind you. But to be fair, the tweet would say, did you just say aluminium as aluminium? No, it's spelled yeah. differently over there. No, it's Yeah, it not. is. But they also spell it incorrectly. They spell it like aluminium. Wow. That's yeah. wild. I thought it was always spelled the same and they were ignoring some letters. Uh, as thoughtco.com writes, Franz Ferdinand had little patience for the ostentatious pomp of the ruling Habsburg class, which is his family, basically. He's from the, I don't know how to pronounce it. It might be Habsburg or Habsburg. That's the, the house. And right. there have been, a, for centuries, a version of that house had ruled um, big chunks of Europe. Wow. Uh, nor did he agree with his uncle's harsh stance towards the rights and autonomy of the empire's various national groups. Uh, he felt the old system, which allowed ethnic Germans and ethnic Hungarians to dominate, could not last. 
Franz Ferdinand believed the best way to regain the population's loyalty was to make concessions towards the Slavs and other ethnicities by allowing them greater sovereignty and influence over the governance of the empire. He envisioned the eventual emergence of a type of United States of Greater Austria, with the empire's many nationalities sharing equally in its administration. So it's all like, because it was an empire throughout Europe, there was all sorts of nations included in it, a lot of backgrounds. And um, yeah, he was supposedly trying to make it a bit more equal. And that sort of sounded pretty noble. But then on history.com, it says that Ferdinand believed the Serbs to be pigs, thieves, murderers, and scoundrels. Look, that's hard to get past. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the Serbia was a country bordering the empire, I think, but uh, there were people with shared backgrounds inside his empire. So, it's obviously, I don't know how publicly he was saying these things. I imagine not super publicly <laughs> uh, because that wouldn't have gone down all that well. Um, but, yeah. See, you know, bloody politicians and royals always lying. Yeah. Tell us what you really think, yeah. even if it's terrible. Have the guts to say what we're all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, now, hang on. Because we're all thinking the same thing, <laughs> if you follow that logic. Um, so it's probably fair to say that it was less noble and more pragmatic that he was saying, I want to spread, I, I don't, I want to sort of spread... Um, equality a bit more throughout the empire. But that's basically to keep the empire intact. Yeah, exactly. As Thought Co. continues, he believed strongly that this was the only way to keep the empire together right. and to secure his own future as its ruler. Right, not like everyone deserves rights. It's like, well, we need to give everyone a couple of rights, otherwise I think I'm for the chop here. Yeah. <laughs> Seen yeah, revolutions we, before. <laughs> same, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's smart, but, yeah, it's not just like he's going, I believe everyone should be equal. I believe if they're not, they might not like me that much. Uh, the result of these disagreements was that the emperor had little love for his nephew and bristled at the thought of Franz Ferdinand's future ascension to the throne. He hated he the idea. Absolutely bristled. He bristled. <laughs> uh, Austria-Hungary was one of Europe's major powers at the time, having been formed as a dual monarchy after the Austro-Hungarian Compromise of 1867. I found all this stuff fascinating. I spent this week going down rabbit holes all over the place, and they're going, well, this isn't quite relevant to the report. I'm having to pull myself back. But, man, it's uh, you, know, you understand why some people just get obsessed with the lead-up to the World War and, and European yeah, history wow. from these years. It's so complex. I mean, like, you know, it's always complex, I suppose, but just a wild time. So many nations forming yeah. and then empires growing and shrinking and all sorts of stuff. By the time of the assassination, it took in modern-day Austria-Hungary. Those two, I reckon you could have guessed, hmm. as it was called Austria-Hungary. I don't know. Okay. okay. I am stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, as well as parts of Italy, a small part, a little part of Serbia, Romania, Ukraine, and Poland. Wow. Um, it was the second largest country in, in Europe at the time by wow. area after the Russian Empire. And the third most populous after Russia and the German Empire. Huge. But the German Empire had only just formed a few decades earlier as well, which I find fascinating. Right. Only in like the mid 1800s sometime. Um, they had all these different empires, including Prussia, which I found like a, what is this Prussia? But yeah. Prussia was a big chunk of what is Germany now. Yep. Uh, Dave, I know this is where your family's from, so you 
bloody preaching in the choir Thank here. Thank you so much. He's uh, really saying that for me because I'm staring at him glassy-eyed. <laughs> what? But, I mean, I would have been staring at you glassy-eyed if you were saying this to me a week ago. Yeah. Uh, See, that's the power of education. Yeah. You can not feel like an idiot. Uh-huh. If you just educate. Yeah. Like how I said preaching in the choir before, which was a phrase that was not relevant uh, at the time of saying. <laughs> yeah, but like that. I could have got away with it if this was just a conversation at a bar somewhere. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is being recorded. No, nah, I would have followed you to the toilet and said, actually, mate, when you said preaching to the choir back then, what did you mean by that? <laughs> uh, it was the second. Oh, yeah. Okay. So second largest and third most populous. Yeah. So it's big. It's a big, Huge. big country. According to ThoughtCo again, the empire boasted a multi-ethnic population made up of at least 10 different nationalities. These included Austrian Germans, Hungarians, Czechs, Slovaks, Poles, Romanians, Italians, Croats, 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 Croat is Croats, what I've heard. And Bosnians, among others. But the empire was far from united. Its various ethnic groups and nationalities were constantly competing for control in a state that was predominantly ruled by the Austrian-German Habsburg family, of which Franz was a member, and the Hungarian nationals, both of whom resisted sharing the majority of the power and influence with the rest of the empire's diverse population. For many of those outside the German-Hungarian ruling class, the empire represented nothing more than an undemocratic, repressive regime occupying their traditional homelands. Nationalistic sentiments and struggles for autonomy often resulted in public riots and clashes with the ruling authorities. So a, there's a lot of tension. Mm. And it's building and building over generations. I'll get into these tensions later, but first I'll tell you about the tensions between Ferdinand and his emperor uncle. I mean, I already touched them a little bit, but uh, there was one thing that happened that really brought it to a head a little bit. And this is from biography.com. In 1894, Franz Ferdinand met Countess Sophia Chotek, and the couple quickly fell in love. However, marriage to a Habsburg required that one be a member of a reigning or formerly reigning dynasty of Europe, and the Choteks were neither. That was just some lowly Ugh. noble family from, the, from Czech Republic. Get out of here. So like, do they do like a questionnaire? So does currently are you ruling any kingdoms? No. Mm-hmm. Previously were you ruling any kingdoms? Uh-huh. No, okay. Mm. Well, I'm afraid the door list does not have your name on it tonight. <laughs> He's just so waiting inside so lonely sorry. night after night. So sorry. Uh, the deeply in love Franz Ferdinand refused to marry anyone else, uh, so the couple kept their relationship secret. After the family was informed of their relationship, Emperor Franz Joseph refused to give his permission to the marriage. Eventually, several influential European leaders, including Pope Leo the Thirteenth argued on behalf of the lovesick Franz. Oh, my God. If you got the Pope in your corner, that's got to be a good sign. Yeah. And it's also very funny that other people are weighing in and being like, come on. Come on. Hey, it's love. They're cute. They're cute. She's not from a ruling family, but she's, you know, she's a countess. I don't think there's, I can't think of a couple that I would really actively get behind. If you were the Pope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's say I'm the Pope. Yeah. You're the Pope. You can't think of a couple you'd fight for. Nah. Not even your own relationship. Nah. What does that say? <laughs> not even your own. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, God, if I was the Pope, I would not approve of this. I wouldn't let this happen. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Luckily, I'm no Pope, baby. <laughs> I think the Pope, um, according to this article anyway on biography.com, 
uh, was less about, hey, love's love, baby. No, I reckon <laughs> hey, that's, come that's, on. that's the vibe I'm getting right. from your hey, storytelling. Look at that. They got it. They got it. They got it. Look at the spark. Oh. That, that's a once-in-a-lifetime kind Those of thing. Those two are lighting up the room. They okay. called him the free love pope. But... Uh, Free love Leo, they said they called oh, yeah, him. They called him that. The Pope did think that the disagreement between the uncle and nephew was undermining the stability of the monarchy. Franz Joseph finally agreed on the condition that no descendants of Franz and his new wife succeed to the throne. The couple married on July the 1st, 1900. So, so hang on. I can marry the person I want to marry and my kids don't have to have the pressure of being... Yeah. The reigning monarch. Oh, no. That sounds like a sweet deal. Oh, gee, let me think. Where do I fucking sign? Are you kidding me? I feel so bad for the royal family. You know, like I look at William, I'm like, you seem nice. What? You're going to have to be the king someday. That's going to suck. Yeah. And then you look at little George, you're like, ah, man. Which uh, kingdom is this one? Uh, uh, Disneyland. Disney. Wow. Wow. And they've got a lot of princes and princesses. I know. So imagine being the king. Yeah. Pressure. Jesus. So, yeah, I'd be signing that deal. Oh, okay, I get to be with the person I want to be with and I don't have to put the pressure on my children. Oh, no. <laughs> so the emperor... <laughs> Is that agreed. what he thought? <laughs> yeah, basically. But uh, despite agreeing to the wedding, he did not attend... Which is really just thumbing, you know. But did he RSVP and then not turn yeah, he up? Dogged, he oh, really dogged him. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, because they probably would have waited for the emperor to arrive. Yeah. Did they get him? A, did he get him a present from the registry though? No. Oh, what he, a you mean dog. he went solo and just bought something, it, something off the registry? No, not even. Didn't even put in for a toaster. What? No, not not you even. are joking. Wishing well. He did. Uh, yeah, he did tick beef though. Um, on the menu, so there was one extra steak what gone begging. Steaks are not cheap. Yeah, that's the most expensive item. He could have gone Chicken something else. It was like $40 per head. Shit. That, Fuck it right? I don't know. I don't host <laughs> events. Haven't you hosted a wedding? <laughs> no. Jeez, have you lived? Sadly not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just uh-huh. don't believe in it. Uh, Jess is putting up her ring finger. <laughs> oh, no, that's Thing. not your ring finger. That's N- your middle finger. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Matt. Uh, so even though he, he didn't attend it, um, that wasn't the end of his sort of, uh, thumbing his nose to the wedding. Oh, bloody. Due to Sophie's lower standing, he gave the marriage little respect. According to history.com, Sophie also became the victim of countless petty slights. Oh, gosh. At imperial banquets, for example, she entered each room last and was then seated far away from her husband at the dinner table. That's weird. Isn't that such weird? She like, imagine that being the king leading an empire. Sit her down there at the other end. That'll <laughs> she's at, show her. She's at the kids' table yeah. every time. Imagine Mar- imagine that being your in-laws, you know? Yeah. You just feel like, what am I doing here? Yeah. I'll stay home. I can go back to my own castle. Yeah. Probably. Um, despite the strange relationship between the emperor and Franz Ferdinand, because I don't know like what the surname is or whatever, it's hard to break his name down. I could say Franz or Ferdinand, I guess, and you know what I'm talking about. No, I keep saying Franz Ferdinand. Okay. It's, f- it's fine when you just insist on saying someone's full name. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it, Dave Warnicke? <laughs> thank you, Jessica Perkins. Oh, brutal. So despite this strange relationship, the Archduke, Franz Ferdinand, remained the heir to the throne, making him one of the most important people in one of the big European powers of the time. And he still can't get no respect for his wife. Yeah. I guess he's just waiting for the uncle to die and then all of a sudden 
they know she'll get all the respect because he'll be the boss. I mean, we've all got an uncle we're waiting to die so we get respect, you know, I can relate to that. But I think, like, (laughs) basically the deal was that she wouldn't, she wouldn't get any of the stuff either. Like, it's not just the kids wouldn't um, be able to rule. Yeah. She also wouldn't, re- she wouldn't be the queen, I don't think, and stuff like that as wow. well. Wow. That's right. brutal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just seems so unnecessary, but there's like, you know, if you don't marry one of these three people in the yeah. world, then. <laughs> Who's probably also your cousin. <laughs> yeah. Which I, we'll talk about soon that there was a lot of that. I do enjoy the idea, though, that you're just thinking, great. Well, as soon as you're gone, I'm the emperor. And whatever I say, fucking go. Yeah, exactly so, right. Oh, what's that? My kid is next in line? Yeah. Okay. That's back on. Yeah. Day one. Yeah, yeah that does feel like the like kind of thing. Biden signing all the executive orders. It's like, well, just repeal all the shit that this old psycho said. Yeah. <laughs> My uncle. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> Rest in peace, but. psycho. <laughs> Perp. Perp. Uh, the, the relationship between the, the powers, these... Uh, big European powers were very delicately balanced. Uh, there was no one major power at the time. Instead, there were five big powers. And they were kind of split into two complicated alliances. gas. Yep. Water. Water. Hydro. <laughs> hydro. Yep. Solar. You, you're splitting water and hydro as two different powers? Water no. slash hydro. Okay. Solar. Did you say solar? Solar. Radi- radiation. Radioactivity. Nuclear power. Heart. Go planet. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. I'm so sorry, Marty, but what was that? Uh, that would be my, that would, is what I would choose. Really? As, as a kid watching Captain Planet, you chose heart. Yeah, I'm all about emotional intelligence. Oh, that's beautiful. I just like to connect to people person to person. As a ginger, I had to go fire. <laughs> sure. I mean, the I love that you're like. The man, whatever his name was, yeah. Greg. We- Wheeler. Was Greg. It was Wheeler. Greg, I think oh, it was. His name was Wheeler. No, I think it was Greg. Greg Wheeler. Greg huh. Wheeler. There you go. But everyone just called him Greg. Yeah. By his first name, as is custom, you call people by their names. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Dave, you probably were like, I'll be the monkey or something. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, Abu. Pretty sure. of Aladdin. Or Bab- He's had a name like that, Marty's Monkey. You keep talking and I'll look that up. <laughs> <laughs> so there were five big powers and I'm what you said was wrong. Pizzazz. Okay, well, everyone's enjoying your pizzazz, I'm sure. Thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally the point of the show. Live feedback. Love that. <laughs> You're giving pizzazz and I'm giving a sass. <laughs> uh, so... The five big powers were split into two complicated alliances. On the one side, there was Russia, France, and Britain. And on the other side, Austria-Hungary and the relatively new country of Germany. Uh, Amazingly, of these five powers, three were ruled by grandsons of Britain's Queen Victoria. So that makes them all cousins. That's right. According to the BBC, Queen Victoria was sometimes called the Grandmama of Europe. And there was hardly a continental court that did not boast at least one uh, one of her relations. During World War One, there were no less than seven of the old queen's direct descendants and two more of her Coburg relations on European thrones. Far Isn't out! That wild. That's For the, nuts. But three were the big uh, of the big players. Three of the big powers. So for the rulers of the world's three greatest nations, this is still from BBC, uh, bigging themselves up a little bit. <laughs> one of those B's is for butts. I think one of the others is British. British butts. Come. British butts and cucks. <laughs> And come. That the third C. Is that the BBCC? <laughs> There's another. <laughs> and the other C. It's the BBCC. <laughs> Sorry? BBCC. But somehow it has oh. three Cs based on what I just said. BBCC. 
Yeah. The third one in, the a, third bra- one. in a bracket. Yeah, the third one's a typo. Ah, BBCCC. <laughs> uh, Is that something? <laughs> so this is from the BBC. For the rulers of the world's three greatest nations, King George V of Great Britain and Tsar, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia on the one hand and the German Kaiser Wilhelm II on the other, they were not simply cousins, they were first cousins. If their grandmother Queen Victoria had still been alive, said the Kaiser... She would never have allowed them to go on a war with each other. At Christmas being like, apologise. Apologise now. You stop this world war right now. She has a big T-shirt that has three heads in it and she makes them all wear it. It's a friendship (laughs) T-shirt. And they can take it off after they've made up. And the the four other monarchs are like, why don't we wear our T-shirt? She's like, well. Well. Yeah, well, we're one of the three great nations. What do you want her to do? Have like a fucking T-shirt with seven heads? Don't be ridiculous, Matt. It's a three-headed T-shirt. Come on. We've all heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that's a thing. Come on. So she And she died in 1901, so a year after the wedding. Uh, apart from Germany, Britain and Russia, the other European thrones, her direct descendants sat on were in Greece, Romania, Spain and Norway. Well, who's heard of any of them? <laughs> As places, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> they, Norway. But, Whatever happened to that one? Norway. That's silly. That's not a thing. Norway. Someone punking you, Matt? You're making shit up, Matt. No, I read this. I read this on This the is supposed to be a fact-based comedy no. podcast. You're leaning a little heavily into the comedy, my friend, <laughs> by right. making up bullshit. Is that, like, is that supposed to sound like no way? Yeah, no way. Like, Norway. Is that uh, what supposed sorry, to be? Sorry, I was trying to punk you guys. Yeah. Yes. You have to get up pretty early yeah. to get us. We know it's actually pretty late right there. <laughs> According to the Imperial War Museum website, the creation of a unified Germany in 1871, I said somewhere in the mid-1800s, mm. 1871 to be precise, had disturbed the old balance of power in Europe. Fear of Germany encouraged France and Russia to form an alliance in 1894. This pushed Germany into close reliance with its neighbour, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. During the 1900s, a dangerous rift arose between Russia and Austria-Hungary, who had conflicting ambitions in southeastern Europe, uh, which is sort of coming. That's a lot of that tension is where the the old assassination happened and what led to it. Oh. Uh, this conflict was one of the many keys to the following events, according to Britannica. Franz Ferdinand tried to restore the Austro-Russian understanding without endangering the alliance with Germany, without luck, obviously. And from 1906 onward. Franz Ferdinand's influence in military matters grew. On October the 6th, 1908, Austria-Hungary announced it was annexing Bosnia and Herzegovina, officially taking it over from the faltering Ottoman Empire. So that they'd sort of been in there for, for a little while, maybe a few decades, mm. but now with the Ottoman Empire starting to crumble, they went in and officially annexed it, saying this is now part of our empire. Huh. Uh, Franz Ferdinand apparently opposed the annexation, thinking it would make these tense political situations worse, but it went ahead regardless. I'm imagining a lot of paperwork. Oh, yeah, annexing a country yeah. against a lot of the inhabitants' will. Yeah, and then you've got you to update your maps all the time. Yeah. Oh, great time to be a, like a cartographer. Oh, yeah, yeah, nowadays it's like, well, I mean, do you want it lots of different colours or mostly green? Yeah, no, that's know? right. How many times can I redesign this map? Yeah, so that's, you know, it's a, tough. When, when South Sudan came in a couple of years ago, 
the pe- the globe makers were like, finally, thank, thank goodness, God. we're gonna have to redo it. I was literally putting a padlock on the factory. We were going under. Yeah, we were out. We were out. Everyone's got a glow. And then I got the phone call and I, I called back all the staff who were walking away, holding their hats, sadly. And I said, guys, oh, come back. We've got globes to make. And they cheered and they threw their hats up in the air. It was beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, that was me when I owned a globe factory. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I sold the globe factory. It's doing incredibly well. Oh. I'm rich. Whoa, you sold it at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Savvy businesswoman. Like I said, I'm rich. (laughs) Don't look into it. Yeah. We don't need to see proof. (laughs) Uh, This is from history.com. And this is about uh, uh, when it was the annexation. When the rebellion uh, by the Committee of Union and Progress, uh, the so called Young Turks, I knew that term, Young Turks, but I didn't know that that was where it came from. Uh, They took the Ottoman government by storm in 1908. Uh, there, uh, Baron Alois von Arenthal, who was the foreign minister of Austria-Hungary, Incredible. saw his empire's chance to assert its dominance in the Balkans. So the, the Franz Ferdinand's like, don't do this. But Baron Alois von Arenthal thought, hmm, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, this is my shot. Uh, so he saw the, the Sultan's weakness there. He saw this is the opportunity. But also Russia, their great rival for power in the Balkans, was also reeling. It had just uh, been done in the Russo-Japanese War and Internal Revolution of 1905. So Russia was on the back foot a little bit after a big uh, loss in Japan. Jeez, there was a lot of wars. Yeah. I know. Ne- I never knew about a Russian-Japanese war. No. No, I don't think so either. But again, I'm stupid. <laughs> so I don't know much. Well, if you but don't I know, know about... If you don't know about a war... In 1905, uh, you are stupid. I'm stupid. I'm glad you said Should it. I go back to school, Billy Madison style? Yeah. If you want to take over the empire? Yes. Of course. Well, then, yeah, you should. Okay. Well, that's settled. That's settled. Are you going to go now? Are you going to wait to the end of the episode? I might wait until it's morning. Okay, great. At appropriate school time. Okay. But then, yeah, then I'll go to school. Uh, so the announcement in October of 1908 of Austria-Hungary's annexation of Bosnia and Herzegovina upset the fragile balance of power in the Balkans, enraging Serbia and pan-Slavic nationalists throughout Europe. Uh, though weakened Russia was forced to submit to its humiliation, its foreign office still viewed Austria-Hungary's actions as overly aggressive and threatening. Russia's response was to encourage pro-Russian, anti-Austrian sentiment in Serbia and other Balkan provinces, provoking Austrian fears of Slavic expansionism in the region. So they just sort of had a, like a bit of an, a low-key campaign. They couldn't fight, uh, you know, in the old school guns kind of way. So but they were just like, like sending messages, whispering. Yeah, Austria's shit, pass it on. Yeah. They suck, they suck. You guys should, um, you should boot I them. heard they still wet the bed. Yeah, that sort of stuff, I reckon. And they had to get their mum to change their sheets in the middle of the night. Nah. That yeah. was what, yeah. Official comment from Austria-Hungary. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I don't. No, it didn't happen like that. Mum, tell them. I can't. Uh, and it, so they, they were starting to fear um, Austria and Hungary. Austria-Hungary were starting to fear this, the Slavic expansionism. And it sounds like these fears were pretty justified, according to the Thought Co. article. The majority of Serbs were staunch nationalists and the Serbian kingdom... Just to, just up to the side of Austria-Hungary, 
saw itself as the great hope for the sovereignty of Slavic peoples in the Balkans. The great dream of Serbian nationalists was the unification of Slavic, Slavic peoples into a single sovereign state. They wanted, instead, you know, they wanted to grow Serbia basically to have a, a big empire with all the Slavic nations inside, rather than being bowing down to the uh, this Austrian-Hungary empire. Hmm. Uh, Pro-Austrian monarchs had ruled Serbia since the late 19th century, uh, but the last of these monarchs, King Alexander I of Serbia was deposed and executed in 1903. Oh, dear. So, that, yeah, it's interesting. He was a Serbian king, but he was um, faithful to the Austrian Empire. Uh, but the people under him didn't love that. Yeah. And eventually uh, that led to a coup d'etat. How long for? Uh, uh, let's say two days. Oh. Safe to assume. Safe a two-day coup d'etat. I believe so. The best length. Which is now known as the May Coup. Among the others killed in it were the Queen, the Prime Minister, and the Minister of the Army. It was a, it was a full-on coup d'etat. Wow. Whoa. I reckon uh, it's probably longer than two days around them all. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think, I think it was pretty quick. 22-day coup d'etat? Yeah, that's good. That's this next little bit about the coup d'etat is from this great resource called wikipedia.org. Okay. And uh, it's got great info on there. Uh, do recommend looking it up. Kind of pretty much on an- anything. But uh, it's kind of underrated. For example, you could look up Captain Planet and find out that the, the monkey's name is in fact Suki or Suchi. Yeah. My apologies. You could oh, do that. Boo. You should. Why don't you? Because then you could find out if that's true or not. That is from uh, wikipedia.org. Wow. Fantastic stuff. Great this, source. This is also from wikipedia.org. Uh, the royal couple's murder upset and shocked most of Europe. <laughs> so I think it seems fair enough. Look, I'm shocked 100 years later. The king and queen have been killed. Yeah, that would be... I reckon that would make easily top five pages of a newspaper now. Yeah. Really? So page five? Easily. Somewhere. somewhere yeah. No, page Might one. three. Page one is still... a. Uh, a sale it on white goods at Harvey Norman. Yeah, of yeah. course. Well, you know, the newspaper industry isn't doing so. But whatever Eddie McGuire So the first done. four pages are ads. Yeah. But that fifth page but will have yeah. this royal couple's murder. And then another four pages of ads. Exactly. So a lot of shock through Europe, but many Serbs reacted enthusiastically. Russia immediately recognised the National Assembly's decision declaring Peter I as the next king of Serbia, and expressed satisfaction that the interdynastic intrigues, which had plagued the country since the early 19th century, had been brought to an end. Oh, they were like, well, that's the end of that chapter. Yeah. Isn't that funny? They're like, well, obviously this violent coup d'etat will, uh, probably that'll be the end of that. I imagine we'll smooth sailing from here. So we've also killed the elected prime minister, and also the head of the army, but um, this guy's Peter. Pretty good. Pointer. Welcome, Pete. <laughs> uh, Austria-Hungary declared its neutrality on the matter, but privately, policymakers in Vienna expressed hope that Peter's ascension would be would have a placating effect. They're like, well, now they've got they've got the guy they want in there. Hopefully, this will all settle down and everyone they'll just chills. happily be a part of our empire now. Sounds a bit like everyone's hoping. Russia is hoping that as well, right? Everyone's just yeah, sort everyone's of like, crossing their fingers. Well, hopefully, we can just put this pillow over our face and uh, when I wake up tomorrow, everything will still be here. Do you see a pillow on top of your face, Dave? Absolutely. Actually, I do. On top of your face? Yes. Because of the eye thing? Yeah, I don't like light. So you put a pillow over the top of your face? In the morning when the light comes in, yes. Okay. It would look like you're trying to... 
yeah. put yourself down. Yeah. <laughs> Does your girlfriend ever help by pressing it down a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. Is this what this is what you need? She's like, can you see light? Can you see light now? And I'm Go like, towards the yeah. light. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, but I, I don't think Russia was really hoping that. I think they wanted things to kick off because they wanted they wanted to be taking territory down there. Oh, okay. Uh, this is still from wiki.org. <laughs> Uh, the United Kingdom demanded that the chief conspirators be severely punished, and when the Royal Serbian government neglected to carry out this request, the British severed all diplomatic ties. Several other European nations followed in the UK's footsteps and severed ties as well. Peter, King Peter I, lacked the power or, or authority to punish the conspirators. He also felt a deep sense of obligation towards them, acknowledging that he would not have been able to assume the throne were it not for their actions. Were it not that they killed his <laughs> I love that predecessors. Guys, to be fair, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be speaking with you right now if they hadn't done that. So I'm pretty cool with it. Yeah. I just feel like I, I own one. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, I don't know. I just they scratch mm. my back, I scratch theirs, you mm. know what I mean? They cut off that guy's head, they yeah. don't cut mine off, hopefully yeah. I'm speaking nicely about them. Huh. I mean, even just that coup d'etat was yeah, it sounded like it was there was there's a few different stories about it, but one of them was that they had a, a safe room, the king and queen, but there was a there was a party or something and, and their wardrobe was blocking their exit from it, so they ended up, when they stormed the palace, they found them there trapped. Because of a wardrobe because malfunction. Because of a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> but there was another story that they were hiding in that wardrobe, which seems like that was there was never going to be an easy escape from that. <laughs> like one of them is there was a tunnel and a secret yeah. escape out the back and the other one they were hiding in a cupboard. Yeah. And <laughs> they were wearing found. wearing a dressing gown and hanging on a coat hanger <laughs> hoping that, that someone would open it. All clear in here. Just 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 dressing gowns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean all this stuff like these stories and how frequent they were there were like these weren't standalone um this wasn't fully out of the blue or anything. There were times where people just got um, killed. Like this whole story is leading up to a, a royal being murdered. Yeah, you really started with a spoiler too. Yeah, sorry. It's a bit disappointing. It's like, oh, what's going to happen? But I know. It, don't get too attached. It's amazing that <laughs> this, you know, you think of there being, we're living in wild times lately, but it's got nothing on some of this stuff. <laughs> like yeah. history, yeah. Oh, man. It's weird that humans have so much faith in ourselves to be good, but, but it's like we've given no evidence. What that a we track can record! Be. Yeah, pick a ten-year period of any time any in history. Time. It's been shithouse. <laughs> like we really suck. Uh, so the execution was carried out by conspirators believed to have connections to the Black Hand, <gasps> a secret military society formed in 1901 by officers in the army of the Kingdom of Serbia. So actual officers in the Serbian army. Uh, it's one of the most, I don't know, uh, um, like depending on who you are, you probably see them as goodies or baddies, probably more people baddies. I don't know. But uh, that name is badass. Incredible. Did you know of that, Dave, or were you just reacting to a cool sounding name? Yes, I do know yeah, that okay, name, but yeah. I believe we'll be hearing more from them. But I do also, I was reacting because it is one of the coolest names. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. That's how I remember it because it's like... Holy shit. Yeah, like I'm scared immediately. Like someone, they were going around the the table mentioning, and as soon as that name came up, they went, well, don't even bother with any other suggestion. And like, uh, am I booking the Black Hand Party Co. 
to do my child's birthday party. No, it's terrifying. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Like it's sure. very clear immediately that it's scary. Yeah, I don't know what, because I'm picturing like a black leather glove. Same. And It's strangling you. <laughs> Nothing scarier. <laughs> Just a hand crawling along the table. <laughs> Like the like head, thing in, yeah, in the family. But weirdly, like that should have creeped me out. But I liked Thing. Yeah. That's yeah? What, he was funny. He was cute. Well, it was funny, I should say. It was yeah. funny. Do they refer to him as a man? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, good point. And did he ever wear a glove? But then there's Cousin It as well. There is Cousin It. was also funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> he sounded so funny. Yeah. And had a little hat on. Yeah. That's funny. I really did enjoy that show a lot. Yeah. So uh, to explain the Black Hand a little bit more, this is from Thought Co. Uh, the aim of the Black Hand was the unification of all southern Slavic peoples into a, a single Slavic nation state of Yugoslavia with Serbia as its leading member and to protect those Slavs and Serbs still living under Austro-Hungarian rule by any means necessary. Uh, the group relished in the ethnic and nationalistic strife that had overtaken Austria-Hungary and sought to stoke the flames of its decline. Anything that was potentially bad for its powerful northern neighbour was seen as potentially good for Serbia. The high-ranking Serbian uh, military positions of its founding members put the group in a unique position to carry out clandestine operations deep within Austria-Hungary itself. Love clandestine as a word. Uh, this included Army Colonel Dragutin Dimitrovic, oh, who good. would later become the head of the Serbian military intelligence and also the leader of the Black Hand. Oh. Leader Dragutin. The Black Hand frequently sent its spies into Austria-Hungary to commit acts of sabotage or to foment discontent amongst Slavic peoples inside the empire. Their various anti-Austrian propaganda campaigns were designed. Hey, he's got he wears a bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going to vote for somebody who wet the bed? Yeah, I if, mean, you, if you want to, that's fine. I mean, our prime minister has been uh, accused of shitting himself in a Macca's. Yeah, that's and funny. He's still our prime minister. Yeah, I don't think this was like trying to uh, affect votes. This was more trying to recruit people to wet violently overthrow via piss. Yeah, pissing that's on the bed. Oh, That'll do it. Here comes Prince Pisser. <laughs> It's a real power move, pissing. So yeah, that's right, pissing on your people. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. That's why my dog does it. Oh well, if you got power a powerful, <laughs> powerful stream. <laughs> that's right. So, the, so their various propaganda campaigns were designed especially to attract and recruit angry and restless Slavic youths with strong nationalistic sentiments. That's all from uh, thought that Thought Co. article. Of these youths, three were named Gavrilo Princip, Trifko Grabez. And Nadelko Kaprinovich. Uh, we'll talk more about them in a minute. But it's fair to say, when Archduke Franz Ferdinand agreed to visit the newly annexed Bosnia and Herzegovina in June of 1914, there was a huge amount of tension simmering in the background and probably in the foreground too. Mm. Sounds more, actually, it's probably more foreground. Um, like a three-day simmering. But, uh, I mean, it was, I think it was foreground because apparently Ferdinand reportedly said to a few people beforehand, like, I reckon there might be some bullets waiting for me down there in Sarajevo, Ooh. and he and he's and he had premonitions of dying and stuff apparently. And yet he was like, "Let's, Let's go. go anyway." That's an invite. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. <laughs> be like my grandfather and uh, not turn up when I've RSVP'd. Yeah, prick. You're such a prick. <laughs> Perf. <Perfect. laughs> 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, musics, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred and one. Wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred and two? It goes all the way to one hundred and two. <laughs> wow. You can customize everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. The plan visit divided locals. It wasn't particularly popular, the idea of, of uh, they've just been taking it, ta- officially taken in as part of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire and a lot of the people down there were not happy about it. Uh, according to Britannica, Balkan politics were turbulent and the neighbouring kingdom of Serbia coveted Bosnia. Moreover, the date chosen for this imperial visit and Hasburg show of force was June the 28th, a black date in Serbian history. It was the anniversary of the Turkish victory over Serbia at the Battle of Kosovo in 1389, which is, it was uh, many you know centuries earlier, but apparently uh, still a very important date there. And this fanned the flames of dissent among Serbian nationalists even further. And do you feel like that Ferdinand and his cronies had picked that date on purpose? Uh, it doesn't, well... I hadn't read anything suggesting that because remembering that Ferdinand supposedly is not trying to, he's trying to be like, hey, we're all in this yeah, together yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I don't hey, think he was cool, going there cool. to be like, oi, fuckheads, yeah. I'm here to rule over you. That's what, Well, that's the impression I've got from what oh, I've Oh, this is an important day for you. Not anymore, fuckos. Yeah. He's not doing that. Okay. But but it sounds like if he wasn't aware, he was a bit naive to it at the yeah. very least. But I'm not sh- I'm not sure. Maybe but do they didn't. have like Google Calendar or Wikipedia back then? Exactly. Look it up. Look it up, mate. Yes, on this day. Surely come you've on. got someone looking stuff up for you. Are you serious? Next in line of the throne. 
Insane. And you're not looking shit up. You're not looking shit up? What is wrong with you? What are you doing? You shouldn't be in that position. I'm with your grandfather or uncle or whoever the fuck it is now. Uncle still. Uncle. <laughs> Remains uncle throughout his life. I know. He's, he's like, look, he's rocking He hasn't up. graduated. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was my uncle, but no, he's my grandfather. bumping him up the grandfather. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. I call all my uncles grandpa. Just to confuse him. You call your grandpa's uncle? No, I call him, uh, I call my grandpa Dave. And his name is Eddie. Well, that is confusing. That's breaking my brain. I'm confused. No, everyone thinks he has Alzheimer's, but really, I'm just confusing him. (laughs) He keeps saying, my name's Eddie. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. We know. And I'm going, g'day, Dave. (laughs) Good to see you, mate. You're going to hell. So I've, I've been giving a lot of, there's, I mean, there's all been background so far, but we're, now we're getting to the action of the... Getting to the foreground? Yes, we're getting into the <laughs> foreground now. As well as the Serbian hate is in the foreground? Yes. Gotcha. And I'm taking a, a lot of this part of the story from a few different history.com articles. Uh, great website. I've already quoted uh, three different history.com articles, I think. They've, they really, they, they like this story. I think. <laughs> they like World War One. Yeah, I yeah. think they're pretty keen on... I don't know, history? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I would argue. <laughs> they love it. They're keen on well, it. Well, if you loved history so much, then why aren't you written on a parchment? Yeah, didn't think so. Yeah, fuckheads. Fuck Got them. Let's get everyone. Should we? Yeah. All right, line them up. Who's next? Who's next? Come on. Here we go. All right. Well, when we get to someone, you really yeah, I'm let them have it. Yeah, I'm going to fucking let it rip. <laughs> Yeah. And then I'm going to tell them a piece of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is from history.com. Upon learning of Ferdinand's upcoming visit, the young Bosnians, a secret revolutionary society of peasant students, began plotting to assassinate him. Straight up, they had, he was coming. They had a different target earlier. Didn't quite work out. Couldn't get it together in time. Seems like they're just keen to assassinate. They want to make a big statement. Well, yeah. I mean, these are young guys. They, these ones we're talking about, the main guy, 19-year-old. Wow. And they've sort of been radicalised, I guess. Yeah. Um, via the Black Hand and, and other such um, organisations. In May, Gavrilo Princip, Trifko Grabez and Nadelko Kabrinovic travelled to the Serbian capital of Belgrade where they received six handheld bombs, four semi-automatic pistols and cyanide suicide capsules Whoa. from members of the so-called Black Hand, a terrorist group with its close ties to the Serbian army. Right, I was wondering who was giving them that. At first it sounded a bit like that. as as they, they crossed the border. Yeah. It was like, welcome, <laughs> please come on in. Uh, what would you like, show bags? Yeah. <laughs> How many suicide capsules should I put in here? Six? There's, going through and there's people there scooping stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> How many scoops would you like? <laughs> Punnet of su- uh, cyanide, please. <laughs> After practising with their pistols in a Belgrade park, the three men journeyed back <laughs> Imagine to... Imagine just walking the dog. People just... Practicing guns. Shooting shit. Practicing And they're yelling, guns. cop that, France Ferdinand. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, they're trying to shoot my dog, France Ferdinand. <laughs> Please come along. France? Away from there. They were saying, yeah, they're saying, oh, cop that, France Ferdinand. No, that's giving away too much. Cop that, Archduke F. Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Mm, no. Cop that, Archduke Franz F. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're winking Better. as they say. <laughs> Uh, so they practiced with their pistols. This is all from history.com. The three men journeyed back to Bosnia, receiving help from Black Hand associates to smuggle their weapons across the border. It does. Fe- it feels like they're they're like, hey, little, hey, boys. Yeah. Do do the hard stuff for us. We yeah. got jobs. We're in the army. We can't do an assassination and no. kill ourselves. 
Do you want to? Do you want to do it? Hey, That'd be great. I'll get you a gun. That'd be really good for Help us. Help you get a little gun. That'd be fun. Um, to this day, it remains unclear whether the Serbian government participated in the scheme. So there's still a, there's still uh. a lot of murkiness around it. It was still from history.com. Ferdinand and Sophie departed their estate for Bosnia-Herzegovina on June the 23rd. Having received multiple warnings to cancel the trip, the Archduke knew that danger potentially awaited them. After arriving at a spa town a few miles outside of Sarajevo... I'm listening. ...the capital of Bosnia, and uh, Ferdinand attended two days of military exercises while Sophie visited schools and orphanages. So it's a classic, you know, like a, yeah. a royal tour. Yeah. Like I watch The Crown and there's a lot of that in that. Absolutely, yeah. They show up painstakingly, in painstaking oh. detail in The Crown of uh, Diana and Charles coming around Australia and stuff. Uh, on a whim, the couple drove in one evening to check out Sarajevo's bazaars. While there, they attracted a crowd of onlookers, including Princip, the guy oh. who was training to kill him. Uh, but nothing happened, and apparently they were treated with warmth and politeness. He hugged them both. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. Pardon? What? He said, it's so nice to meet you. Oh, thank you. Tomorrow. You too. Tomorrow. What? I'll see you tomorrow. Great. Uh, this is how we're at the address where we're staying. <laughs> <laughs> Room 103. Yeah, you seem very nice. Um, Let yourself in. He's a key. Yeah. Let yourself in. Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm an open door kind of ruler. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me. Yeah, well, I mean, as you'll hear, um, I'll say it now, The they published ahead of time the routes they were going to drive along in okay. their open top car. Okay. <laughs> Did he also uh, draw a little... Like target on his head? Yes. Uh, which was missed and got him in the neck. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, following a banquet with religious and political leaders, only one day of events remained before Ferdinand and Sophie were to return home. That morning, June 28th, the Archduke sent a telegram to his eldest son congratulating him on his latest exam results. It broke my heart. I don't know why reading that. It broke my heart. I'm like, oh, man, the Archduke is a good dad. <laughs> so they did have kids. Yeah. I read somewhere that Sophie's pregnant, but that doesn't seem to come up a lot. But if it is, this is even more Worse. fucked what's about to happen. Um, oh, my God. Stop spoiling it. Oh. Uh, he and Sophie then boarded a train for the short ride to, uh, into Sarajevo. For once, Sophie was permitted to walk alongside Ferdinand during a brief troop inspection. Oh, my God. Sophie, congratulations. Well, I was like, the uncle was like, fine, have it. Once. I get maybe it was just he wasn't around. Yeah, yeah that's right, actually. And he's telling everyone, don't tell uncle. Please yeah. don't tell uncle. Don't tell unk. Uh, so after that, the couple got in an open top car for a motorcade ride to City Hall. The car in front of them was supposed to carry six specially trained officers, but instead had only one, plus three local policemen. Where were the other five? In fact, throughout the trip, Austro-Hungarian officials allegedly focused more attention on dinner menus than security details. This is still according to history.com. It's a wild zing, a hundred and something years later. They're more worried about food poisoning than assassination. Oh, is that what you're thinking? Maybe. He's got a very delicate stomach. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. If he gets the runs, parade's going to be very difficult for him. <laughs> He's in an open top car, but okay. still, it'll smell really yeah. bad. So there were seven young Bosnians. I mentioned three earlier. Uh, they spread out along the route. And they'd, they'd all, they all had bombs and guns and stuff. So there was like, if the first guy doesn't do it, the next guy will. There's a bunch of Holy opportunities shit. to do it. Um, and they, so they were spread out a, across uh, Appel Key. 
That also gives you, like, if you're the first guy, you're like, well, I'll let him go. There's, yeah. there's five or six more of these bombs. That yeah. is exactly what happened. The first guy lost his nerve. It's like, uh, like, don't worry about it. I'm not the, I'm not the last. Yeah. But that, if you're the seventh person, you're like, fuck, don't uh, put this on me. Yeah. Yeah. How has he got here? But you'd be at the first, you'd be like, oh, it'll be done easily before you're yeah, yeah. Six other chances. I haven't even looked at how to throw this, like, activate this bomb. I won't have to do anything, but I'll say I would have bloody done it. I would have. Bloody hell. Yeah, uh, that's right. I definitely would have. So that so the main uh, route was along this road, which ran parallel to the Milyaka River. When the motorcade passed by with on its route that had been pre-published, Kabronovic uh, asked which car carried the Archduke. So th- they'd already passed one guy. He didn't. He lost his nerve. Then it's going past Kabronovic, who I believe. Uh, was dying of tuberculosis or something. Oh. So he was sort of like, what I'm dying anyway. Lose, yeah. um, I only saw that on, on uh, one video, but I took that guy's word for it. He said it in a British accent. Oh, and that you know means how much I'm true. a sucker for those yeah. <laughs> scholarly sounding Brits. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's so, why I love Adele. I trust anything she says. Of course. So Kabronovich asked someone, so which, is the, which of the cars has got the Archduke in it? And someone said, oh, it's that one. So then he hurled his bomb at the car. <laughs> Imagine that you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I thought involved. you were looking for a photo or I something. I am not involved. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the bomb bounced off the folded up roof. So it's an open top limousine car with a, the roof folded back, canvas roof, yeah. or whatever. It bounced off the roof, rolled under the car behind, exploding, uh, which wounded two army officers and several bystanders, but left Ferdinand and Sophie essentially unharmed. Um, apparently, Kabronovich then swallowed a cyanide pill. I got this from uh, Hardcore Histories. Um, he swallowed the cyanide pill, jumped into the river, basically going double chance to he's just going to kill himself one of these two ways. The cyanide pill apparently didn't have the desired effect, only made him spew up. And then the riverbed wasn't, uh, there wasn't enough water in there to drown and he was quickly apprehended. So Just splashing about in the mud. Yeah. And his own vomit. Yeah. He just had a spew for nothing. But then apparently... This... <laughs> oh, I spewed for this. <laughs> when, do, when do you spew for anything, Jess? What a weird thing to say. Oh, God, I bloody God, I'd spewed for nothing. Oh, what a waste, <laughs> of a good, waste of a good spew. <laughs> waste of oil. What's the point of that spew? Uh, so this is back to the, the history.com article. Why do I say anything? <laughs> it's very entertaining. I, 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 I don't think I'll speak for a bit. I'll go on timeout. You go. No, I love it. No, don't say that, Dave, out of pity. <laughs> so uh, as he's being taken away... According to history.com, uh, he shouted out, I am a Serbian hero. Sort of yelled out to the crowd. All right. Okay, babe. All right. So it was, might have been a really good spew. <laughs> I just had a vomit. <laughs> I just had a vomit. I, We've the, all screamed that while we're being my bomb blew carried up out of a pub. Yeah, like, innocent people. <laughs> He's just yelling, yeah. I'm never drinking cyanide again. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's holding his hair back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carol! Oh, God. <laughs> Don't tell mum. Please. <laughs> Don't tell mum. Oh, mum! Don't tell mum! Oh, Sorry. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> He's saying that to the policeman arresting him. I love you so much. 
Uh, okay, now I won't talk. Uh, apparently, a couple other of the young Bosnians who were there to, to kill um, had good looks and didn't take their chances. I think, you know, just young kids are going, wait, what am I? I don't want to kill someone. I get on, you know, I'm putting thoughts into their heads, but. Um, and uh, rather than immediately flee Sarajevo, Ferdinand decided to, con- to continue on to the planned event at City Hall. Um, Princip was like, I think he, he sort of assumed that the bomb had worked and then he found out later at home and he's like, oh, shit. So he was just sort of like hanging around town. Um, but Ferdinand's like, what a pro. He's like, oh, we'll still go. I almost got blown up, but I'll, I'll go to this event at City Hall. You know, I don't want to let people down like my uncle did that time to me. Um, <laughs> That's not a RSVP'd. I ticked beef. I mean, exactly. I'm not letting another state go to waste. And then, uh, so after that event, he insisted on visiting the wounded officers in the hospital. He's like, i got to go visit them. They, they put their lives on the line for me. I've got to go visit them. Um, they, uh, then they went quickly. So they drove quickly back down that main route, but they're going to obviously um, turn off to go a different way um, because they were now going to hospital, which wasn't planned. And at this point, uh, the driver of his car, possibly a few cars in the motorcade, uh, made the wrong turn, not realising there'd been a change of plans. I suppose the first car goes down and everyone's like, well, follows. sure, Tony knows where he's going. Yeah. And they turned down uh, what was a very busy street, uh, Franz Joseph Street. Whoa. Is, um, on, which is the uncle's name, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> and uh, a glacier. Whoa, really? Franz Joseph Glacier. So that was obviously named during his reign, I suppose. Maybe. Could be a coincidence. I'd um, say yes. <laughs> uh, on being told that he'd, he'd made the wrong turn, the driver stopped to try and reverse back but stalled. And oh, how embarrassing. So embarrassing. On a busy street too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone's looking. Oh, God. As it turned out, the location they stopped and stalled was horribly unlucky as it was where... Gavarillo Princep was standing. Get fucked. <laughs> right in front of him. No way. Yeah. And he's about to change history forever. That's incredible. According to the Smithsonian, uh, for the Archduke to be presented as a stationary target to the one man in a crowd of thousands still determined to kill him was a remarkable stroke of bad luck. But even then, the odds still favoured Franz Ferdinand's survival. Princep was so hemmed in by the crowd that he was unable to pull out and prime the bomb he was carrying. Instead, he was forced to resort to his pistol, but failed to actually aim it. According to his own testimony, Princip confessed, where I aimed, I do not know, adding that he had raised his gun against the automobile without aiming and even turned my head as I shot, even allowing for the point-blank range because he stopped six feet Holy from him. Holy Isn't that incredible? Whoa. Um... It is pretty striking, given these circumstances, that the killer fired just two bullets. What? One struck Sophie, who was sitting alongside him, while the other hit the heir to the throne. It is astonishing that both rounds proved almost immediately fatal. Sophie was hit in the stomach and her husband in the neck, the bullet severing his jugular vein. There was nothing any doctor could have done to save either of them. Whoa! That is incredible. Fuck. So he's turned away. He's not even looking where he's shooting. Yeah. And both shots that he fires. 
He said like he was not trying to kill Sophie. He was hoping to kill the Archduke. And wow. He, and it just happened to be standing there on the wrong street. Just because yeah. they took a wrong turn. And, if it, and uh, this is what uh, hardcore history guys like. He's like, if you ever believe in fate and destiny, yeah. this just feels like, and yeah. this is the moment that kicks off World War One. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. And without World War One, there's no World War Two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And ever, like, everything changes. Yeah. I imagine we don't exist probably. Yeah. Um, Living on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you meant because we'd be living, we'd be on, living the on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't exist, exist on Earth. We wouldn't exist like this. <laughs> yeah. We'd exist as moon men. Yeah. yeah. Podcasting moon men. Obviously. We'd still be doing the same job. Surely. There's a popular telling of the story, until, which until this week I thought was the true one, was that um, Princip was uh, in that position because he'd, he'd sort of given up on the day on the assassination, he was there to have a sandwich at uh, Schiller's Delicatessen, which well, I believe was right in that location. And he's sort of halfway through eating his oh sandwich God. and then looks up and goes, holy shit. Bang, bang. But apparently that's a modern invention. that um, He didn't I, have a sandwich. There, yeah, apparently it was very he, unlikely there would have even been sandwiches there at the time. He'd never eaten a sandwich. Yeah, sandwiches apparently weren't big uh, in Sarajevo at the so time. So you will not be calling this... It week's episode, History's Most Important Sandwich. No. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's when I read, I was reading this article on, um, uh, and going, oh, no, it's, uh, what was it on? I mean, these will all be in the show notes, but the article was in the Smithsonian. And I, was, and I think he said that it was really only, only this century that story had sort of started coming up. Uh, it's like quite a modern invention um yeah which is strange what a strange thing to catch the popular yeah attention. i mean it's so interesting without the sandwich yeah why do we right. need the sandwich because <laughs> when it's i was like reading the most him, incredible that like was obviously like a story started by subway yeah <laughs> that's right so a uh, gavrilla was eating fresh <laughs> yeah yeah they've uh meatball sub yeah. honestly they've had a great history with their spokespeople haven't they <laughs> yeah, right. this is actually uh, it, this guy who murdered someone wasn't the worst of them <laughs> arguably um so it was just short of his 20th birthday and because of that princep was too young for the death penalty and instead uh, was sentenced to 20 years behind bars he apparently tried to turn the gun on himself, but couldn't get it happening before he got arrested. He missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got those these two incredible shots, and then and it missed. he missed wow. everything else. But uh, he didn't see out his 20-year sentence. He died in prison of tuberculosis at the age of just 23. Oh, wow. Only a few years later. Uh, with Europe's power struggles sitting in such a delicate balance, the death of Archduke Franz Ferdinand proved to be the spark that would ignite the First World War. According to history.com, First, Austria-Hungary gained German support for punitive action against Serbia. They got in contact with the Wilhelm, I think. He said, hey, if we if we go in, will you back us? And they're like, yep. Then it sent Serbia an ultimatum, an ultimatum, apparently worded in a way that made acceptance unlikely, basically terms that you would yeah. battle to agree Guaranteeing to. Guaranteeing a war. No one wears pants for 18 years. <laughs> oh, mm. they love pants in Serbia. Uh, well, can't have them. No pants. <laughs> no pants or war. Shoes. Oh, no pants or war. Fuck. Fuck. All right. Chops out. <laughs> uh, so this is still from history.com. Serbia proposed 
arbitration to resolve the dispute, but Austria-Hungary instead declared war on July 28, 1914, exactly a month after Ferdinand's death. By the following week, Germany, Russia, France, Belgium, Montenegro, and Great Britain had all been drawn into the conflict. Put simply, and I hope I got this right, Russia got involved because of its alliance with Serbia, then Germany declared war on Russia due to their alliance with Austria-Hungary, and Britain declared war on Germany after Germany invaded the neutral Belgium, who Britain had agreed to protect. And then the rest, as we know, is history. And I was kind of hoping... I put this to Dave last night. I messaged him. I said, I'd, you don't know what the topic is yet, but would you be up for doing the next part of the story? I'm about... To, my topic tomorrow is the start of a story. Would you be up for doing the next part? I don't know if you... I don't know how you would tackle that. It'd be like the, <laughs> the start of World War One. The next four years of no, World War One. Dave, think just you'd... do World War One. <laughs> it's like the biggest topic ever. No, I'm not suggesting you do all of that. Maybe one of the major battles or something um, in the early stages. But uh, whether or not you, yeah, you can find a way into that. I just thought it might be fun if, and then Jess, you'd take up the story after the week after that. Damn. Yeah. It's just an idea. Tell me if you don't want me to do that. I mean, I can edit this out either way. <laughs> um, yeah. So then after the war. Uh, Austria-Hungary was dissolved and the Gavrilo Princip dream of a Slavic nation was achieved when the kingdom of Serbs, Croats and Slovenes was formed on December the 1st, 1918, later uh, renamed Yugoslavia, which has also since been dissolved. Uh, in a 2014 article marking the 100-year anniversary of the assassination, The Guardian wrote that Princip remains a polarising figure, revered by many of Bosnia's Serbs, but derided as a murderer by the country's Muslims and Croats. Uh, so that's the end of my report. I was going to propose a new segment that I want to try and do each week after our report. Okay. And that is, and this sort of was inspired by last week's Dillinger escape plan connection. Yeah. So each week I'm going to ask the question, has this week's topic inspired a band name? Oh. This week, it's a no. But we'll see. <laughs> uh, see how we go in future weeks. Oh, man. I was like, here we go. A new segment. This is going Gonna be great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, France Ferdinand. <laughs> but yeah, I thought I'm like, I wonder. I wonder if that would Very be the funny. case every week. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do it. even when you're doing the report next week. You'll be I'll be doing World War One. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty good. epic band name, World War One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be okay. pretty hard to Google. Yeah, good point. Terrible. World War One band. <laughs> yeah, there'd be all World War One the band. <laughs> yes. The World War One band. Okay, that's good. So I mean, like I mean, I feel like I say this every time. It's tricky to summarize these huge stories. Oh, yeah. And I and how much once you start doing the events preceding it, it's like how far back do you go? How in yeah. depth do you go into it? It's very complicated. But I found nearly all of what I said I didn't know. I knew about the the wild coincidence, and I was hoping you didn't know. I didn't know uh, that at all. Um. Because I knew Dave probably. Would've... I looked at Dave for like mutual shock, and he was watching my reaction. Yeah, I, and I was like, "Oh, you both knew that one. Okay, <laughs> this is news for me." What? Yeah. Well, I mean, I crazy. Rec- yeah, I only knew it relatively recently, but um, it's just amazing that that's how the First World yeah. War kicked off. It's got to be one of history's biggest and worst coincidences. Yeah. I love when I love hearing stories of you know, fate, whatever you want to call it, serendipity, coincidence, whatever. I love I love when that happens. Yeah, I find even like, in this case, <laughs> uh, less so. But you still go. That's incredible. Yes, it's very uh, mind blowing. Yeah, 
because it's yeah, it's so heartbreaking. And it's, yeah. Uh, but it's and like knowing what it leads to because it's so long ago and we everything happened as it happened. It's just like one of those things you just go, holy shit. Yeah, incredible. Wild. Um, you know, and I always, I'm always able to express it in words uh, what I'm feeling, and I think I just did that. Whoa, Whoa. wild. Whoa. Whoa. That's how I do it. So, uh, anyway, thanks for listening to that. Uh, we'll be back next week with another story. But before we move on, we really should do everyone's favourite section of the show, the fact, quote, or question section. Fact, quote, or question. Huh. <laughs> he always remembers the huh. Uh, so the way this works is you get involved at patreon.com slash pod or dogoonpod.com. And we uh, then you sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg Docs Memorial Edition level package. And we give you a little kiss on your bum. You get a kiss on the bum, <laughs> uh, virtually. And uh, there it was there. And <laughs> you also get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. There's a bunch of different rewards, though, for supporting us. You keep us going, our patrons. We love them so much. Um, they keep this show ticking along. And depending on where, what level you're on, you get bonus episodes, voting rights on topics. Uh, there's online groups, uh, Facebook group, which mm-hmm. is very active and fun and uh, a bunch of other things that are also very nice. Uh, but this one is the fact, quote, or question section. You get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. You also get to give yourself a title. First up, we've got Dominic Stevenson, who's given himself the title of Mr. Bombastic. Ah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Rovalova. <laughs> I added that bit. That's mine. I came up with that. Um, <laughs> wow. I wish it meant you something. You are good. And uh, Dominic has offered us a fact Okay. Love a fact. Love a fact. It means I don't have to think of an answer. Oh, yeah. I like the questions, but, yeah, the questions sometimes you're like, oh, it's a good question. I don't have a good answer. Yeah. Uh, but his fact is hippopotamonstrosequipedelephobia is the name for a fear of long words. <laughs> <laughs> that is cruel. That is mean <sighs> and also very funny. That's a great fact. If Is that a real fact, Dave? It feels like you would know that for some reason. No, I don't know if that is or not, but I choose to believe because I want to believe. That's good. Keep watching the skis. Uh, <laughs> the next one comes from Jordan Nassi, who's given himself the title of just a slip of the tongue away from being Jordan Nazi. Okay, <laughs> true. Or Jordan Nasty. That's a, what a t- He's put Nazi in his own title. Mm. Okay. All right. I like yours better. Yeah. I'd, go with, I'd go with that next time you're opening with that on a <laughs> Tinder profile. Maybe don't drop Nazi in there, oh, but yeah. you are you are close, yes. You like this one, Jess, because it is another fact. Fuck yeah, Jordan. Oh, and it's a World War fact as well. Oh. In World War II, there was a Canadian one-eyed soldier who took an entire town single-handed. He is the only Canadian to receive a Distinguished Service Medal in two wars. His name is Leo Major, and he's a major badass. <laughs> he sounds like a badass. <laughs> he is he major in rank as well. Major major, major, major. is pretty awesome. That's a, there's a band called Major Major back in the day, wasn't there? There's always a band. Maybe he's still there's, in this always, day. there's a always a band. band. What's the guy from um, uh, the Catch Twenty Two? Is there someone in that called something like Major Major or something? Oh. I actually haven't read it, so I'm not sure. <coughs> Dave, I thought you were the bookworm of the show. The book Chook. The nerd. Oh, You're the nerd of the show is Thank what he you. means there. 
Uh, I'm going to see if uh, Google.org has the answer here. It's a frequently requested book cheat topic, we'll say. Yeah, there is a, a major, major is one of the characters in it. Well, that is very good. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> they did ha a good ha. one. Ha ha. Well done, Joseph Heller. Very good. Uh, the next one here comes from Kelly Clark, whose title is Phenomenally Philanthropic Phenomenologist. Damn it, close. Phenomenally philanthrop Philanthropic? Philanthropic? Phenomenally philanthropic phenomenologist. That's as good as I'm going to give Kelly. And Kelly's asking a question. The question is, did you know that patrons, in addition to all the cool perks listed by Matt at the beginning of everybody's favorite section, also have access to a do-go-on WhatsApp group and a do-go-on Discord? Even I didn't know that. What? That's a fa I mean, that feels like a fact, but it was a question because it started with, did you know? Well, well, the answer is no. No. I didn't is know it, I, actually, I think I may have seen people post about Discord. Still don't fully understand what it is. I don't understand what Discord but is. What do you, there's a WhatsApp group. Wow. That wow. would be insane. You can be involved in that if you want to get involved on the Patreon and all these opportunities open up to you. Yeah, wow. Thank I mean, you for that question, Kelly Clark. I'm not a technically I'm not a Patreon yeah, supporter. Yeah, I, I don't think we're allowed. So I'm not in there, but fair I'm enough. Not Patreons. I will not pay money for this. Ah. I won't. Uh, the final one here <laughs> on that sad note <laughs> comes from Colin and Lee Wright, who are the senior and junior liaisons to all mole people. Ah, fantastic! Can you pass this message on to them? Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> no, fuck you. Give me back the golden woman. <laughs> Where is she? What have you done with the golden woman? What were you going to say, Dave? I was going to just say, why? <laughs> why? Oh, that's better. I what have we let... done to hurt you? I should have let you say it. I wanted to cut <laughs> no, you off. No, fuck you is fuck funny. You. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> uh, and Colin and Ray, uh, Lee Wright are giving us a fact Another fact, Jess. You'd be loving that. Oh, wow. Three, facts. Yes. Three had... facts and a fact disguised as a yeah, question. <laughs> uh, and it goes like this. Fact. I like it. It says again. Fact. Love it. Uh, Matt is reading this without having screened it, so I could basically make him say whatever I want. Oh, true. That's a lot of responsibility. That's the first fact, apparently. Second fact, shredded wheat cereal, spray paint, and uh, the Ferris wheel, and the United States Pledge of Allegiance were all invented for and debuted at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair where H.H. Holmes was hanging out being shady AF. Ah. Wow. So what are the four? So it was the Ferris wheel. I remember knowing that. Ferris but. wheel, wheat cereal, spray paint, and the United States Pledge of Allegiance. Wow. The big four. That does feel... I've thought about that as a... That would be a good topic. The World Fair? That World Fair, I guess, or in particular. shredded cereal. Shredded... Wheat cereal. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, cereal, wasn't that, that was invented to stop people wanking. And it worked. We've never wanked since. Was that just cornflakes? Cornflakes. Mm. And it worked. I, have yeah. you eaten cornflakes ever in your life? Uh, yes. And have you wanked since? Not with cornflakes in my mouth. Exactly, it worked. Or without. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Congratulations. Mr. Kellogg. Kellogg's, you did it. Uh, thank you so much for those great facts, those great quotes, and those great questions. I thank mean, they're you. all facts. But thank you so much, Dominic, Jordan, Kelly, Colin, and Lee. Uh, we also love to thank a few of our other Patreon supporters who are on the shout-out level. 
And uh, just you normally come up with a little game that's related to the topic of the day. What do you got today? Mm. I think there's a mozzie in here. <laughs> um, I don't know with this one. Uh, if it wasn't a sandwich, maybe what, <laughs> what were they eating <laughs> when they killed someone? No, that's not what? what about like the biggest coincidence of their life? Yeah, great. Yeah, okay, okay. sure. Yep. Oh, okay. Dave, Dave's got to do the that first feels one. Hard, <laughs> but, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Let me let me just give me like fifteen minutes to like. Right. What right. about like now. what genre their um their band would be? The band that's named after their name. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, right, because Franz Ferdinand was that a pop rock band. Yeah. No, maybe a coincidence. Fuck, that's hard. Or what <laughs> What their assassination sparked. <laughs> that's bad. It's all bad. It's I a reckon we topic. Can, I feel like we can do co- uh, the coincidences one. Coincidences. Let's do coincidences. I reckon we can do that. Dave, yeah. look at his. He's already had his 15 minutes. We did pause there. Yeah. We... Dave's had 15. <laughs> Let the record so what show. Dave comes up with th- here. Th- there was no 15-minute <laughs> break. He got his pen and pad out. He's got a lot of notes. He's ready to go. Uh, he called a few friends. He's got a lot of info in front of him. All right. So, Dave, first one okay. from Hailsham in Great Britain, Stephen Jaggers. Oh, wow, that's fucking good, isn't it? It's a good name. Stephen Jaggers. What, uh, what about Stephen Jaggers on his way to the International Space Station? He's flying there. Yeah. And uh, he felt a little hungry. Yeah. And... Uh, the only chocolate on board, uh-huh. a Milky Way. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what are the chances? Oh, what are the chances? So he was a bit peckish, so he went for chocolate. Yeah, straight to, well, because you know he's had breakfast. Obviously, you eat well before you get. That's a rule from NASA. Oh yeah, yeah. Shredded wheat. No yeah, exactly. Thank you. And then on the way up, you think, oh fuck. Now we're in, you know in the the boring bit. Yeah. We survived the you know the takeoff. Really love a little bit of chocolate. What's this? Oh my god, a Milky, a Milky Way. Way! And then he looked over at his friend, and what were they eating? A Mars bar. Oh, that's a bit of fun. That's a bit of fun. What a crazy coincidence! <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, he felt like an M M&M. and M. Yeah, but uh, he didn't look like one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have fun here. We're right, going to well, be great dads, you yes, and I. <laughs> we are. But I will raise mine in the army, and yours will not be. Little artists. I've I drifted off quite a while ago. <laughs> we, I think that was which one are we up? Have we have we just done seven jaggers so far? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I was thinking. I, I was thinking about wait, I've got a new fridge coming. <laughs> how how does that work? Do I have to? I guess I got to take the stuff out of the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to do that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So a little little <laughs> peek into where mine, my mind was. Uh, I don't. Thank you so much, Stephen Jaggers. <laughs> Matt's thinking about a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you guys would have been talking about some real engaging stuff. Yeah, Fantastic. high quality stuff. Figure stuff. out we're gonna be great dads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's uh, move on. The next one. We don't know where he's from, but his name is Bryson Sullivan. Oh, that's a good name, Bryson Sullivan. He, he coincidentally. Was uh, he found out he was lactose intolerant yep. whilst uh, touring a soy factory? Oh, okay. Because did he have that makes sense? Did he have like soy milk for the first time? And for the first time in his life, after a coffee, he didn't shit himself. No, he got his <laughs> results. His doctor called him, oh. and he said, "He Mate. said, sorry, I'm just in the middle of a tour, but I'll uh, I'll quickly take I'll this, this call. call. 
Oh, it's the lactose that's making me shit myself. <laughs> After right. every coffee. And then he went wild, had six coffees that day. Yeah. No problem. No shit. Well, no obviously shit. there was some shit, but it was, you know, normal consistency. Mm, good. good. Is, is that kind of what you were hoping for, Dave? That's good. That's good stuff. Is it, Dave? <laughs> I loved that. Okay. Uh, and finally for me, I'd, uh, thank you so much, Bryce and Sullivan. Congratulations on your new love of soy. Uh, I'd also love to thank from Seton in South Australia, Nicholas Mowbray. Nicholas Mowbray. Yes, yes. What's his coincidence? He was travelling on the Spirit of Tasmania. Okay, so that's a ship here in uh, yep. Melbourne that goes to Tasmania. That's right, Melbourne. Crosses the mighty Bass Strait. When he was visited. By the spirit of Tasmania. Whoa. What? No. What oh, are the, the odds of that? All the times. And even the spirit was like, yo. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Where are we? Holy what shit. The are we on fuck? the That's fucking crazy, man. The spirit, because the spirit was like, I was always due to spook you tonight. Yeah. Wherever you were. I was just. What are the odds you were here? This is crazy. Can we not say that? Let's get a selfie. This is crazy. No one will believe this. <laughs> so when you say the spirit of Tasmanian, do you mean the spirit of Abel, Abel Tasman? Tasman? yes. Yeah, wow. Yes. Wow. Amazing. I know. It was incredible. <sighs> they both got selfies. Obviously, neither of them turned up in each other's photos, um, as is custom. We don't turn up in ghost photos. Oh, he took a ghost photo. Yeah, of course. And humans don't what, you think, shop in... You think ghosts don't have cell phones? Read a fucking book, Matt. Probably You're embarrassing have, uh, yourself. Yeah, okay, no, fair enough. You're embarrassing Thank all of you. us. Why are you thanking me? Thanks. I'm ripping you a new one. <laughs> Why are you thanking me for that? I'm ruthlessly owning you right now. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Wow. Um, I'm, do you want to thank a few? Yeah, I would love to thank some people. I do want to apologise to Nicholas as well. Um, f- I'll try not to contribute much to the coincidence game. No, that was that was great. They're getting I better. It was. They are getting better. Each one's been better since Dave's really ordinary start. <laughs> Milky Way. Come on, that is that's a coincidence. I don't know if it is. I would love to thank. That is a coincidence. From... And when it was already on board, it would be a yeah, coincidence. Yeah, so they packed it on purpose. Oh, okay, okay. What about this? What about this? Let's oh change that. No, but then it, it's. Okay, he had a box of celebrations Uh and out of all the ones he picked, it was the Milky Way, meaning he ignored the Mars Uh and the galaxy. No, no. (laughs) That's how I realised. I mean, he could have had a Maltese or a Bounty. Mate, what if he had a packet of, uh, what did you just say? What packet? Celebrations. He had a packet of favourites. Yeah. Cabri favourite, and Milky somehow there was there. a Milky Way in there. Thank you, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Does that make it better? I don't know. I, don't know. Same, well, I mean, it makes it confusing. Makes it, it means, more it freaky. He skipped the Morrow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like a knockoff Mars bar. But Morrow. I love it. I prefer a Morrow. It's the only place you can get them now, is in the little, the little ones. I fucking love a Morrow. You know about them? Anyway, I would love to thank from Cambridge in the UK, Barnaby Slater. Oh, oh Barnaby Slater. Barn- I want to tell you something, though. Uh, on a road trip uh, Can you last... work a coincidence in here? Yeah. And also Barnaby Slater. Okay, yeah, never mind. I won't tell the story. Uh, coincidence. Oh, okay. No, I want to hear the story. No, I just want, I don't know if I I want to it. see you I'll work. I'll tell you the story and then let's see if we can work okay. it. Okay. Okay, so on a road trip last summer, pre-COVID summer... So, yeah. like, the last, second two summers ago, we got very into um, air hockey. Everywhere we went, there was air hockey. So we just played a lot of air hockey, and we named it the Slater Cup. 
and we would be playing air hockey and every time you got a goal and the other person, we would go, Slater! And it was very fun to the point where we considered buying an air hockey table instead of a dining table when we got oh, home. Oh, that would have been yeah. smart. Just put a piece of board over the top. The top. <sighs> anyway, I mean, so clever. Was, was Slater the, a brand of table? I don't or? remember where Slater came from. But... Okay. I think that works in well with Barnaby Slater's Who happened to be in the hotel game room that we were playing <laughs> Slater Cup in. Yeah. And uh, we yelled, Slater! And Barnaby said, yes, how can I help you? Hello, it's me, Barnaby Slater. From Cambridge in England. That's how they talk. <laughs> My word it is. <laughs> yeah, that was, what are the odds of that? I know, what are the Schlater. odds that we would yell Slater At to Barnaby Slater? At that exact moment. Um Barnaby Slater, fantastic coincidence, and thank you so much for your support. I would uh, secondly, so what a sorry. way to thank you. So sorry, Barnaby. I would love to thank from Fairyland oh, in Queensland. Have you guys heard of Fairyland? No, I love it though. Incredible. Sure, I went to Fairyland as a kid. Was there like uh, big like uh, Goldilocks statues and stuff? I don't know. Isn't there, yep. like, isn't there a place outside of Melbourne somewhere called Fairyland? Well, this is in Queensland. <gasps> So there's two Fairylands. <gasps> two? I would love to thank Aaron Sells. He's a real estate agent. In Fairyland. That's the coincidence. His surname his Sells. His Sells. Yeah. Or is that nominative determination? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt, you just sort of just trailed off there. <laughs> no, yeah, he nailed me. that sentence is what he did. You heard me, Dave. So you think the coincidence there... Is that Aaron is a real estate agent? Because imagine if you were looking, you get a real estate agent, you'd see that and go, "Well, this guy's changed his name." He'd have to turn up and say, "Hi, I'm Aaron Sells. Yes, it's my real name." Just handshake. But I'm not. Uh, I don't know about you, money bags, but I am more looking for an Aaron rents kind of real <laughs> estate agent. Well, that, it, the irony is that he doesn't sell; he rents properties. Yeah, okay, he's a property manager. Yeah. Which is a great, a noble, uh, noble job if my property manager is listening. David, Dave Quirk used to say, that's my actual name, David Quirk. It's not just a funny stage name, <laughs> it's my actual name, Quirk. Is that your impression? <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> a little attempt there. Yeah, that was good. good. So that we're sticking with Aaron little as a real estate agent. That's something that he, no. he says occasionally on stage that I say all the time, little joke there. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that a lot. Uh, yeah, no, he's a property uh, manager. manager. So oh, not a salesperson at all. Yeah, perfect. All right. Oh, oh. no, oh, it doesn't go. matter. We'll save it. I'm going to say he works at a real estate agent, but it's the cleaner. But he <laughs> doesn't do any of the selling. Picture, like as he on his TV ad, yeah. he would do a double thumb point of sales as Aaron sells. 100%, <laughs> yeah. And, but it's like, but everyone thinks it's actually a very cool ad. Yeah. So one of those ads where people go, what a fucking wanker. He, was, he probably, probably his, his motto would be, Aaron puts on the market, Aaron sells. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You give house to Aaron, Aaron <laughs> yeah. sells. <laughs> give house. Aaron, give me house to Aaron. <laughs> Aaron sells. And his phone number's written in crayon. <laughs> Aaron, it was already bad. How <laughs> we made it so much work. Hey, you're so welcome. Sorry. You are so welcome. Sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much that's for a, your that's money. us thanking you, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you for Thanks your money. Thank you so much for your support. Yeah. Money. You say money and it makes it sound gross. It is gross. Support is what they're really It's a offering. business, baby. <laughs> that's right. Something that Aaron sells understands. I would finally love to thank from Bradford in West Yorkshire, 
Ashley Dickinson. Ashley Dickinson. Fantastic name. Uh, coincidence here. Course. Uh, once upon a time, mm-hmm. Ashley Dickinson was having... Uh, uh, she uh, was... Uh, Having if it was at the, uh, he or she was at the birthing center, <laughs> cow birthing center. Okay, okay. I'm and, really looking forward to where this is going. Um, yeah, me too. And <laughs> when there, uh, he said uh, didn't realize going to go there. They got got lost on the way and was looking for directions. Got out and uh, they were lost on their way back from getting uh, leg sculpting. Um, surgery and as they went in someone was pointing at a couple of newborn calves and said look at those two beautiful new calves and Ashley said thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was a bit awkward but um, that, it, it, <laughs> a bit awkward I zoned out in the middle <laughs> yeah. and I still got it I did too <laughs> I did a lot of work there in the middle that, yeah um, it's great yeah, I don't know if you could tell. I didn't know where that was going where I, when I started. But look at the amazing destination you uh-huh. ended at. Incredible dismount. Ashley must be stoked with that. That's thanks, Ashley. You rule. Thanks so much, Ashley. I would now like to thank from uh, Canna Windra in New South Wales, Jack Beath. Oh, Jack Beath. That's what cool, about uh, Jack went out for a hike? <laughs> yeah. Listening to Queen. Yeah, lovely. Bohemian Rhapsody. Looks over. You know who's walking down down the hill? Who? On his hiking? Who? Brian May. Fuck off. As he's listening to the like the really guitar-y bit. And he's going, Brian! 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 And he said, no photos, please. And kept yeah. walking. Yeah, classic Brian wow. May. Wow, that's a that's a wild coincidence. What a coincidence! Wow. Out of all the bands, and you happen to be listening to Queen. Yeah, a Can such you an such an obscure band. Yeah, that's right. Amazing, and then I bet all the people around Jack were like, "Who's that? What band are you talking Who, about? What Queen? Isn't that Queen Elizabeth II? You yeah. mean? Have like, no, some respect. They're an incredibly cool band. What? You mean that old band with that crazy shaggy hair yeah. was once a cool rocker? What? I don't believe you. I, be- I believe you. Coincidence. That totally is a coincidence. Believe that it. Coincidence. What I'd love about Ripley's Believe It or Not, the TV show, is it would have uh, Dean Kane, aka Superman. At the end, he'd say a story and then go, Believe it or not. And then he'd say, Believe it. And he'd be like, Well, is it <laughs> so Believe It or Not? You are you giving the us the option yeah, yeah. or yeah. are you telling me to believe it now, Dean? Or is it like a. You've been forcing this on me? Yeah. It's so like a multiple could. choice and then you're telling me the answer? It'd be Superman. Believe it or not, believe it. Believe it. And then he'd walk okay. away, and yeah, then dude. maybe like a like a tiki torch would go out or something. <gasps> and you go, oh, was Spooky. that controlled by someone on the set? Surely. Or not. was that a coincidence that that went out? <laughs> or not? Thank you, Dean Kane. Believe it. Believe it. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much to Jack <laughs> Beath there, rocking out with Brian May in the forest. I would now like to thank. From Adelston in England, this is Sophie Shooter. Sophie Shooter. Who does a lot of great work in our Patreon uh, Facebook group. Keeps the community spirit alive. So thank you so much, Sophie. Yes. Uh, oh, is it back? I think you haven't done one in a bit. That's very much on purpose. Okay. Do you want, you start. All right. Um, 
Sophie was uh, well, mine are all meat based today um, <laughs> or soy. Uh, <laughs> Sophie was walking down the meat aisle yes. at the local supermarket yes. when, of course... She saw the very cow whose meat she was buying. The cow was walking through going, has anybody seen <laughs> chunks of meat? <laughs> Presumably bleeding out. Yeah. And Sophie was like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. I actually just picked this up. Let me stitch this back into you. And uh, the cow made a full recovery. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, coincidental Stop and Stop making me do this. Life-saving. Amazing. A life-saving coincidence. Yeah. Wow, Sophie Shooter, well done. Yeah, she saved a cow's life and made a lifelong friend. Oh. Uh, just somebody else in a different aisle. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a coincidence. <laughs> they both reached for the same bag of lollies. Oh. They struck up a conversation and, um, yeah. And then a, a cow came and said, has anyone seen... <laughs> My hooves have been boiled for a while and added dye and sugar to it. Anyone? Yes. And then the packet of lollies. And then they sort of ingested them back into their hooves. Yeah, and their hooves grew back. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. (laughs) I'd like to finally thank someone. Someone's had a bit of fun here. And it seems like they've made up a place. Okay. Which I find a little bit offensive. They're from um, (laughs) Scud de... There's Shavin from a place. The country is listed as Norway. Oh, have you, have you I, I'm telling you that's a real country. What? Matt, did you plant this? No, it sounds like no way we get it, mate. We yeah. get it. We oh, get it. no way. Okay, I get it. That's so cool that we got a, a listen, not only a listener, but a Patreon supporter in Norway. That's sick. Awesome. All right, that is that is cool. We have heard of it. That was a joke. <laughs> no, thank you so you much for, for your support. And I would like to thank now and also... Skuden and Shavin. I think Dave said it better. Yeah, and he said oh, it worse, kind of, right? Yeah, really he said it so bad. Worded it out. I said it. Mine took fifteen seconds to get. Dave it. said it. Isn't that weird that Dave said it better? Because he said it worse. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> That's weird. I would like to thank uh, Lean or Lenny Hoynes. Hmm. Coincidence. Coincidence. Oh. What about uh, Lean was flying their kite? Yep. And I got tangled with another kite. Yes. <laughs> Do you know who was flying that? Whom? Brian May. <laughs> Can you believe- <laughs> And he said, fucking hell. I paid I paid forty pounds for that. Shit. And the coincidence is that another patron supporter <laughs> yeah, can you believe had also that? met Brian. Exactly. May. We li- we listed nine names and all of those nine, two have had incidents with Brian That's May. That's crazy. That's cranky crazy. Brian May. Yeah, exactly. He's cracked <laughs> Brian May has cracked the shits of two of those cranky nine people. Old Brian May. <laughs> Fucking hell. Mom, it, was, it looked like a drag and then you ruined it. Yeah. That's classy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lean. Lean? So uh, thank you so much to Lean, Sophie, Jack, Ashley, Aaron, Barnaby, and Nicholas, Bryson, and Stephen. Legends one and all. And finally, uh, Jess, you want to explain the Triptych Club? So the Triptych Club is a very special club. (laughs) We we like to thank Patreons who have supported us. Uh, for three consecutive years, and uh, it's I like to think of it as like an airport lounge, but way cooler, and you like, don't have to get on a plane like after. Like a good airport lounge, like a seaport lounge. It's like a, it's like kind of like a country club, but like not wanky. It is exclusive, but yeah, you know. but we're not elitist. Yeah, 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 absolutely right. I picture a lot of um, like 
crushed red velvet curtains and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know why that is. So we've got a like bar. A bar, cocktail loungey sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. There's got, booths. Everyone gets their own booth. We've got uh, music every week and uh, a rotating menu of hors d'oeuvres and cocktail specials. Uh, this week, of course, we will be having um, the food of Austria. Oh, probably sausages. Sausages. They they big on sausages. Uh, Dave, that's more your part of the world. What do they do in Austria? And uh, other treats. What? And what's the cocktail? Cocktail is the, the Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Oh, that is what's in that? Protein powder, <laughs> steroids, and uh, and a little bit of chocolate. Whoa. A peanut butter and a banana. It's a protein smoothie. Are we talking uh, Vienna sausage? Oh. Viennese apple strudel? Oh, yeah. Wiener schnitzel? Yes. Potato goulash? Ooh, yum. And, and a nodal? Yes, all of that, yes. Oh, I want right. all this. This food sounds so good. I'm just looking this up as well. Powiddle is a, a, a thick, sweet jam made from plums. Oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The plums. <laughs> oh, me plums. Oh, me plums. Oh, me plums. Oh, me plums. Is what you say about the jam. Yeah. Oh, me, me plums. Jam. Delicious. <laughs> there we go. And Dave, who uh, you are obviously in charge of booking the musical acts each week. Who have we got performing this week? Uh, well, unfortunately, no bands did tie back to the topic this week uh, in any way, shape or form. So we are sadly left with the music of the Bee Gees. Oh, we couldn't get who Cranky ha- Brian, mate. <laughs> there was a number one album last week was... One of the, the, the one of the BGs, probably the living one, and he Barry Barry Gibb, and he had an album which was the songs of the BGs. Oh, yeah, wow. like but resung with other artists. Right. I think Dolly Parton did one with him. Bloody hell, that's that's quite a boon. Uh, but opening for him is of course uh, the famous uh, uh, Austrian singer Falco. Oh, Amadeus Amadeus, is that Falco? Come and rock me, Amadeus. Great. And, uh, yeah, so I'll read the names off the list, welcoming people in so they can get settled in, uh, listen to some Falco tunes, uh, grab a grab a Schwarzenegger off Jess. And as you come in, Dave's your hype man. He's going to hype you right up. Uh, Dave, of course, needs his own hype person. And he's and in my contract. Jess plays that role. Yes. Do you answer to hype man or yeah, hype person? Hype man. I hype think man. hype man is like a, is a gender neutral term. Great. Okay. Uh, okay, so we've got a few in this week. Uh, Great. Seven. We've got seven, Dave. Oh, fuck. That's right, momentum. We can do you this. You really have to keep me up, Jess, because without yeah, you, I am but a man. Yeah, let's do it. All right. From Leeds in Great Britain, it's James Underwood. <laughs> Let me lead you to the dance yes. floor. From Coventry in Great Britain, it's Troy Vinton Brown. Whoa, you've been vindicated with Vinton Brown. Yes. Again from Leeds in Great Britain, it's Lewis Foulstone. Ooh, let me lead you to the bar. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, we're not coming Foulstone tonight. Uh, from Burke in Virginia, I believe. <laughs> VA, it's Maximilian Duke. Oof. Oh, well, the Duke is here. Yes. The Duke is here. <laughs> Matt, we need momentum. Okay. Keep it going. From Carmichael in <laughs> California, the United States, is Daniel McMeans. Oh, this guy ain't McMeans. He's McNice. <laughs> From 69. Uh, Dallas, Texas in the US, it's Manny Garza. <laughs> <laughs> There's not... 
Many Gazas. <laughs> like, Many Gaza. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, Many uh, Gaza strips down <laughs> to his bare essentials. Uh, Stick to the script, mate. <laughs> from a red beach. <laughs> He's got things he can do. In oh it's not that easy, is it, pal? <laughs> it's yeah, it that easy. <laughs> it's Stephen Brown. Oh, well, tonight it was, it was, you know, I wanted to paint the town red, but now I want to paint it brown. <laughs> it's got a brown town. All right. <laughs> like I said, it's not as easy as it looks, mate. Honestly, he gives you so much shit, and then he tries, and it's fucking crickets. Brown town. What the fuck? What the fuck? Jeez, what are we doing in this club? Christ. It's a it's a fun place. You hate shit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Is that all? That wasn't a shit related thing. Um, oh, right. Sorry, I thought you were trying to say that he was going to have diarrhea. Yeah, tonight. that's what it sounds like. Go to Brown Town. He's got. I shit know, it's just a rhyming thing. No. <laughs> Words have meaning. I thought I was building on what you said. <laughs> Words, Words have meaning. <laughs> Why said... do we have to remind you yeah. of that week after week? The things you, you say have consequences. Paint... <laughs> you said we're going to paint the town brown. I said, yeah, let's go to Brown Town. I thought I was getting. I thought I was in... uh, getting you're involved. <laughs> Just wanted to be involved. Sick of sitting on the sidelines. You two getting to hype each other. All right, well, come look on. what happens when you try. Fine, you can. Oh, no. You ruin everything. Oh, no. you, you do the next one, and we'll give you feedback. Yeah, go on. Do the next one. Do, do it all yourself. Here that, we go. That was the last one. All right. Oh, right. Let me make up, make up a name. Here we go. Uh, please, uh, come on down, Matt Stewart. Ah, uh, who knew it? It's our man, Matt Stewart. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. <laughs> Damn it. You really showed me up there. <laughs> By using a thing he's used multiple times about his own name. I, mean, I would have said Shat Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Shat Stewart. I am better at this than you. So uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Jess, where can people find us? They can find us at our houses. No. Uh, I can... will tell you our addresses. <laughs> the boys won't tell me theirs. No. Um, you can find us at Do Go On Pod across all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Do Go On Pod at gmail.com and also Do Go On Pod.com or Patreon.com forward slash Do Go On Pod. <laughs> And you can support us at patreon.com slash do go on pod. Uh, <laughs> Jess might have said that I zoned out. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did. That's literally the last thing I said. <laughs> oh, one more thing. You can support and, us on Patreon. Uh, emails at gmail. <laughs> with do Don't ask if you're just going to fucking recap it. Um, Don't make me do it for nothing. <laughs> anyway, Dave, boot us home. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, tell us where people can find us on Patreon. Uh, did we say our website? <laughs> Dogonpod.com. Of course, there's a link there to click to Patreon. But if you need to type it in manually, it's www.patreon.com slash do go on pod. Great. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry 
as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.